Good, mo- good afternoon. Welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's the co-host, Lowell Cone. We're related. That's my dad. Uh, John Lynch spoke today at the NFL Combine. We all watched it. Let's give our instant reaction. But before we give our broad take, let's just go through the news that came out, if there was Yeah, I any. think since this was our news hook today and we got it late and maybe people didn't see the the press conference, why don't you delineate what the if there was any breaking news and what it was. Okay, so first with Brock Purdy, he's going to meet up again with a surgeon at the end of the week to see if his elbow is, the swelling has gone down, and if it has, they're going to try to do surgery next week. So still, that's not really an update, but that's what's up next for Brock Purdy. They also said, Lynch also said the Niners are in the market for a quarterback. He said that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't coming back. He said that... um, he looks out his window and sees Trey Lance taking drops and throwing, but that he's not 100% healthy yet. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Uh, I think that's Iggy, about it. Yeah. Iggy, when I um, I missed the first minute or two of his presser, he said they're in the market for another quarterback. Did he mean a number three quarterback or a number one quarterback? I think he meant more of a backup. He said he has to look into the quarterback market, uh, do his due diligence. Doesn't mean they'll even sign one, but he said, based, you know, given that there's uncertainty with their own guys, they kind of have to look into it. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, may I give you my take on his press conference? Please do. And this is more of a criticism of the media than of him. Mm. He was entirely too comfortable. He was joking around. He was talking about all the coaches who had left, and every one of them was uh, among the greatest people who've ever lived since Moses and Jesus Christ, and he wishes them well and, and, uh, and all of that. Had I been in that news, you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. He was yeah. so happy and so relaxed. Um, had I been in that room, I would have asked two questions. Who was your starting quarterback next season? You got to ask that question. If it makes him uncomfortable, I'm not there to be his friend. I got friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and he could have handled it many ways. If he's a mensch, he would appreciate the question. He would say, you know, we have two really good starting quarterbacks. We're not clear on the status of either one of them. Please bear with me. To which I would have said, you know, the season isn't that far away. Mm-hmm. You need to have a plan. What's your plan? Especially if neither of them is ready. What's your plan? That's your follow-up question. He has to have a plan, and if he doesn't, he looks like a schmuck. Yeah, because if if you don't ask the question, he doesn't doesn't give a quote, and then his plan is implied. You don't even know what his plan is. Because right now, since they didn't ask the question, he didn't have to really say it. It sounds like the plan is hope and pray that Brock Purdy comes back soon enough. Yeah. That's the plan. Is, is, so so say that. Is, say that on the record, John. Say that on the record. Brock will be back week two or something. We'll be fine. Say that. Yeah. That would yeah. be news. Or yep. I don't have the slightest idea. That would be news yeah. too. Yeah. The point is, I asked I asked Kyle Shanahan that question at the end of the season press conference, and he said, honestly, I haven't thought about it. Well, that's bullshit. Well, we're, we're, we're two months later. Maybe John Lynch has, has spent a few minutes thinking about it. Uh, when when Kyle says I haven't thought honestly, when they always say yeah. honestly, you know that yeah, it's honestly. not a truth. Honestly. But yeah. he's never thought about it. Sure, right? Sure. Why would yeah. you think about something like that? It's not so, important. 
It's not important. So what you got to do is ask them, who is your starting quarterback? And then have a series of questions from that. What are you going to do if? What are you going to do if? What is your contingency plan? All of that. Because allegedly, this team is ready to go except ready to go all the way except for quarterback. So it's kind of a relevant question. Because and, and are you really ready to go all the way if you don't know who your quarterback is? I would say no. That's, I would say no. And I would say no. I, that, that could be a question. Are you ready to go all the way if you don't know who your starting quarterback is? You're not there to make friends with John Lynch. You're there no. to ask. And look, where does this combine take place, Iggy? Indianapolis. Okay. That's pretty far away. So yeah. local outlets flew reporters there not to ask that question? Yes, and to and to be friends with John Lynch. What Can you imagine hell? how many thousands of dollars were invested by these companies to have that question not get asked? That's right. To have that question, right? And so John Lynch second. would be a little bit more comfortable. Sorry, I'm not in the business. I like John Lynch. I'm not in the business of making him comfortable. His friends and his wife can make him comfortable. You're in I'm the business in the of bus- doing business. I'm in the business of doing business. Yeah. My second question, John. You've talked about all the wonderful things and how pleased you are with the jobs that your coaches have gotten and all this. What's your primary weakness on the 49ers and what are you going to do about it? Identify your weakness for us right now. What is your plan? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And again, this isn't isn't Kyle Shanahan. He's not going to give you the stank eye and give you a bunch of attitude and make you feel stupid. It's John Lynch. He's going to give you, "Ah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I've been thinking about Ask John, what are you afraid of? It's John Lynch. He's a media guy himself. Right. Come on. And he's probably more intelligent than you are, and he can handle it. He's prepared. He's yeah. probably walked. He probably walked off that stage being like, "Wow, they didn't ask me about that. That's amazing. That's right. That's amazing." He thought, yeah. "These guys are wow. really soft. What a wow. bunch of softies." You got to ask him, "What's your primary weakness? What are you going to do about it?" And yeah. if he didn't say the right side of our offensive line, we need to upgrade. I yeah. would ask him, "Well, what about your the right side of your offensive line?" You, yeah, I mean. You try to get him in, maneuver him. It's like in boxing. You try to get the guy in the corner. Yeah. So you can deliver the left, right. You get him in the corner. You ask yeah. him your questions, your left and your Boom. right, quarterback and weakness. That's why you're there, not to say, oh, what about D'Amico? Who gives a shit about D'Amico? He's history. He's gone. Oh, he's one of the nicest. He had presence when he comes mm-hmm. into a room. And mm-hmm. what he's doing then, he's treading water. He's yeah. thinking, this is filibustering. Easy. I'm killing yeah. time. I'm killing yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And, now, and you, go ahead. I want to say one other thing, Iggy. You say if you ask questions of that nature to Kyle, he gives you the stank guy. It would make me want to ask 10 questions like that. That's right. That's right. But I I'm just saying, wa- not all these, not all these writers, these are West Coast writers, okay? They're not like yeah. you. They're not looking for a fight. But with John, there's no fight. There's no pushback. Like, it's, just, it's right. a green light. It's a green light. All I want to say <laughs> is real quick, when, when, John Lynch, when you get John Lynch in the corner, what does he do? He starts, he starts touching his ear. He starts touching his ear. He starts touching his face. No, he wasn't touching his ear or face at all today. Got to get him touching his face. Got to get him touching his face. That's your job as a reporter. Get him touching his face. Yeah, it was a Come non-toucher. On. Non-toucher. He was too caught. He was like, he had, his, he had his shirt unbuttoned. He's sitting there like, hey, what's up, Dave? What's up? Like, come on, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, throwing out nicknames up there? Get out of here. He was throwing out nicknames? He was throwing out nicknames. Come on. Who did he call? Dave. Who's Dave? I don't know. He knows Dave, but you don't he even knows know Dave. Dave. I don't even know Dave. So he's, anyway, he's comfortable. There he was, was more, com- though. 
Yeah. The thing about Trey Lance looking out the window, anytime John Lynch talks about looking out his window, to me, it's a kiss of death. He said it three times, and I count it, because it's a ridiculous thing to say. Talk about looking out your window. He said it about D. Ford when they were asking, is D. Ford coming back and making progress? He's like, oh, yeah. D. Ford, every day. Out, he's attacking it, and I see him. He, like, never played again. Then last year with Kinlaw, we know what happened there, and now with Trey Lance. Oh, yeah, I see him out there taking drops, throwing passes. No, he's not 100%. And, I know, I, I haven't seen a limp, per se, but I'm really encouraged, like, you haven't seen a limp, so there could be a limp, but you just choose to not, or you just may not. Like, that wasn't great, the the, the window, the office window. Well, we got to talk about that. It, we'll call yeah. it a room with a view. Oh, man. A room with a view. When he yeah. invokes the room with a view, you know there's a potential problem. Because he's always trying to say the best thing possible. If he could have said, man, he's ahead of schedule. The doctors think he's great. He's tearing it up. He would have said that. The best thing he could say is, well, I see him. I mean, he's like 100 yards away, but I'm up here and I glance and it looks good to me from a very from a very far away. <laughs> he looks great. He's like and a Monet. You get too close. It's not so good, but you just stand like 100 yards away. He's looking great. And it's through double pane glass. Uh-huh. Tinted. Right? Yeah. Tinted double pane glass. Tinted. Yeah. 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 So... Um, I, I, my main takeaway from that press conference was entirely too comfortable. Yeah, we, we could have actually learned something, but actually there was very little news that came from that. Very yeah, little. Because of the nature of the questions. Yeah. What about Brock Demico? isn't ready. Trey yeah. isn't ready. Brock isn't ready. We knew that already. Jimmy's not coming back. We knew that already. I mean, no, but he really market. likes Jimmy. Here's the thing. Jimmy's not coming back, but... You know, he has such utter respect for Jimmy. And that's, you know, so... Such, so tough. So tough. So tough. So in my article, I write, they, got, they dumped his ass, but has utter respect for him. Also, they really, like, they really like the person Trey Lance is. Great guy. The character yeah. is just off the charts. Now, can he play quarterback? They don't know. But the guy, he was the first person to congratulate Brock Purdy when he came off the field. He was the first... <laughs> Yeah, that stuff, it's like you want to vomit, right? It's like no, that's, the, that's all you can say? That, that Brock would consult with. Oh, that yeah. That he was so selfless that he didn't worry about his own job. He uh-huh. he really wanted to help Brock. First of all, I'm not sure if that's true. Second of all, who cares? Can who he cares? It's a results business. Yeah. Who's your quarterback? Yeah. I know. Uh, Iggy and Lowell are haters. Uh, I should have been in there and saying, you know, John, you guys are doing a fabulous job. For a team that never gets to the Super Bowl, you're the best team I've ever seen. Oh, I know you get to the Super Bowl, but you lose. So if you're a team who can't close the deal, I've never seen a team this good. And I really want to congratulate you. The way that the media treats the Niners, the, this group, is that like, no, they haven't won a Super Bowl technically. Technically. But other than the Chiefs, the Niners have had the most sustained success over the past four years. And that's worth something, and they're going to win a Super Bowl inevitably, so let's just treat them like NFL royalty. That's how they get treated. Whoa. It's, 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 it's a new kind of coverage. I can see why they hate your guts, because you actually <laughs> ask relevant questions. And you're saying, your, your theory is that Niner fans are mad at us for calling it. I'm, my theory is that Niner fans are frustrated that they just watched a 15-minute interview and learned nothing. I'm frustrated that the, the Chronicle, if they sent Eric Branch... Or, or the Merc, if they sent somebody, that's what they got? I'm I sorry, went. Eric. I'm sorry. You're a very good reporter. I didn't mean that. And maybe you asked a good question. I'm sorry.
Yeah, I couldn't hear who was asking what. I should have went. I've never gone to the combine. Should have gone. I should have gone. I'll, I should have. I should have went. I should have gone. Uh, next next year I'll go. It just always felt like you know a lot of money, a, a, a long schlep for one fifteen minute interview. But no, if that's what's gonna think, happen, I gotta go. I don't think you should have gone. I mean, they Enough. don't even have a pick in the top ninety eight. I gotta watch nah. these people run around in underwear. No, no, no. I don't think you should have gone. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, Ryan Hensley. Co-host of the Monday Morning Show says, it seems to me that John Lynch is passive-aggressive when talking Trey Lance. Do you guys agree? Um, I'm not sure, Ryan, what you mean by passive-aggressive. Does that mean he's a Californian? Because most of them are passive-aggressive. He is so. from San Diego. I, what, yeah. what I think with John Lynch is he's trying to find nice things to say, but from Lynch's perspective, there's not a lot he can point to, which is st- straight. I mean, he looks good out of the window 100 yards away. He's a nice guy. He helped Brock. Sounds like he's talking about the backup quarterback, doesn't he? It sounds like he doesn't have a clue, and he's trying to just fill in words. Fill in words. Fill doesn't in. have a clue. When I was in news conferences like that, Iggy, and people were just doing stuff, I considered it that I died for 15 seconds. Death in life. I had to endure in this. Life. I died for 15 seconds. Death in life. He did say that you know Trey Lance needs to stay healthy and that Lynch was hurt a lot early in his career, and then he went eight years without missing a snap. So... Again, he's putting it on Trey. Trey just has to get some good luck, or he has to. That's it. It's not. It's something the Niners need to do. It's on. It's on Trey. So we'll see. Yeah, because it's his fault that he broke his leg. I mean, what a wuss that he broke his leg. He, yeah. What were you thinking? What were you thinking, Trey? In the words of Mariucci, he needs to healthy up. He needs to healthy up. <gasps> it, Corey, he needs to healthy up. Corey Soto says they're stepping back from the Brock Purdy timeline they put out to the media. One. Two, why does this organization act as if Trey has done something to them? You choose, you chose him and have botched the process from the beginning. Okay, so the first thing. The first thing, yeah, they were really confident about this Brock Purdy timeline, and now they're like basically, yeah, well, we'll see. It's a wait and see. Let's push it back two weeks. It's kind of like right now I'm waiting to get my, I had a, a subwoofer. It had a warranty. It broke. I sent it in, and every time I call, they're like, yeah, you know, not yet. So I don't know. They, it was supposed to be four weeks, but it could be six months. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good analogy. Ford Niners' daddy says, why do the Niners blame Trey for his injury? <laughs> Telling you, man, Niner fans aren't happy with these answers. Because why would they blame themselves? Right. Why, would you take any, why would you take any responsibility? City Bird says, what percentage of beat writers, insiders, grew up fans of the team they covered? Just your opinion, not looking for a scientific answer or anything. I, think, I don't think these people were fans. A lot no. of these people come from out of town. Yeah, let me say this. Uh, I know the group that covers the Niners. I think they are legitimate journalists. They do not root for or against the 49ers. I I know all of them. They're uh, really good. Um, I wish they had asked harder questions. I don't understand why they didn't. But um, they do not root for the team. They did not grow up rooting for the team, and they're totally legit. Um, City Burt says chances for a Matty Ice Kyle reunion. Matty Ice. Oh, well, well, we're we'll going to talk, talk about, about that a little later. We will. We Matty certainly Ice. will. Matty Ice. Uh, Grant, we need you to cover the Underwear Olympics next year. What's okay, that? I will. The, the combine. Um, oh, anything else you want to say about the, about this press conference before we move on? I think we're no, done. just that I was totally disappointed in it, and I, I, maybe I want to say something else. Had I been there, I would have asked two, two pointed questions, which would have really actually gotten responses, I hope, and news. 
um, the idea that he was so comfortable the whole time troubles me. He shouldn't have been that comfortable because he, like any executive, has, has, has certain things to answer for. Even Andy Reid yeah. has things to answer for. Absolutely. Stop covering this team like they're champions, like they just came off a perfect season. Shreddy Murphy says, shout out for the loner, Trey Lance Vid. Pissed a lot of people off. I don't know how you do it. I'd never last. Uh, anyway, Matty Ice to SF. Thank you. We'll talk about that, Shreddy Murphy. Glass half full guy says, I can't for the life of me understand this wishy-washy cavalier attitude toward Trey. Trey hasn't been given a fair shot in my book. I kind of get the feeling that the Niners, um, now that they feel they have Brock Purdy and he's special, that they don't really care anymore about the, the Trey Lance project. If it works out, great. If not, they have Brock Purdy. I think in their mind, that's kind of how they're looking at it. What do you think? I think that's very interesting. I think Brock Purdy is very good, but I don't think he's special. I don't think he is either, but there, um, there's these leaks that are coming out about how special he is and how he makes these really quick decisions and he took a test and he's like Drew Brees. I think they're talking themselves into him being Drew Brees, and I'm not sold on that. Iggy, how special is his elbow? Mm-hmm. Well, it's inflamed at the moment. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's move on. You and I were up in Grass Valley-ish area this weekend at my brother's house. And when you drive up there, you pass Rockland. And you went, I've never covered a training camp at Rockland, but the Niners had their training camps there from 1981 to 1997, Dad. Kind of an interesting timeline. Yeah, it seems I that all like five this. of their Super Bowl victories started with a training camp in Rockland at Sierra Community College. Sierra College. Um yeah. I have to say, I covered, when they were there, every one of those training camps, and it was really special. First of all, what was special? The team got away from the Bay Area. They lived in dormitories. Um, The players, Joe Montana, they lived in dormitories. Mm -hmm. They ate in the cafeteria. There were no Mm -hmm. students around at that time. That was the deal. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence, Iggy, that that's the five Super Bowls. And they got out of town. They weren't, I mean, now the Niners stay at the Marriott around the corner, but they were out of town. It was like a sleepaway camp. It was like what the Niners do for like a few days during the season. Yeah. And they bonded and cliche, they became a team. Right. Became a team. And, you know, the Niners been talking about this quest for six. We talked about that last week and... You know, they always start slow in the season. They don't really do much. They have, they have a training camp at home. They don't play their starters in the preseason. They come out real slow. Uh, and they don't really figure out who... They don't really become a team until October. They're not really a team until October. Well, the whole idea of going to Rockland is to become a team in August. Right? And they did. I mean, they did. there was uh, things I'll never forget. Joe Montana, one of the guys... Remember, they didn't have computers they had a playbook and it was sort of like a scarlet colored playbook a a binder everywhere i saw joe montana in the mess hall walking around he had the book it it was like an appendage and he was studying it all the time there was serious work that got done there um i'm not saying they don't get serious work done in santa clara but it's different i used to remember Bill Walsh used to go from, he lived in a dorm also. 
he had a suite in the dorm, and he used to go. He had a, a bicycle. He used, you know, with those thick balloon tires, Iggy. Mm-hmm. He, I mm-hmm. think he even had a little bell, a little and beach cruiser, to, like you like uh, drive around and, Venice and, Beach. Yeah. And he used to drive around, and if I was walking, he'd stop and, he'd, you know, lean over on his bike, and we'd talk. It was very casual. You really got to know the players from a media point of view. It was phenomenal, Iggy, because yeah. you didn't have to say, could I get into the locker room? They were there. Now, theoretically, you weren't supposed to eat with them in the dining room, but everybody was together. You talked to everybody. Everybody was cool. Um, Dwight Clark, he, you know, he's walking out to the field after lunch. Hey, Lowell, walk with me. Uh, what's going on? Iggy, from a media point of view, it was heaven, and it created a team in August, as you said, yep. not in October. Yep. And I think it's probably easier for the team because they don't have to move equipment to stay in right. Santa Clara. But there was something to be said for going to Little Sierra College and winning five Super Bowls. And I'm sure the players don't want to do it now. The players are super rich, and that's Sierra College. But what the Niners do now is they ease into the season. You know, like that's not the way to set the tone for a Super Bowl victory. It's just not. If you want to win the Super Bowl, why not you set the tone immediately and get ahead of the rest of the league in August? Again, that's the, that's the goal. Otherwise, you're not going to be the number one seed. You're not going to have the bye week. You're not going to have home field advantage. I agree. What they yeah. do is they enter in the shallow end, not the deep end. They just put their big toe in. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that's that's too <laughs> cold for me. Yeah. Why don't we just ease in and it'll, we'll get used to it. Freaking dive in in August. Go to Rockland. It's two hours away. Yeah. 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 So, man, tell kids. my... Yeah, okay. oh, absolutely. Do you? What I wanted to say was, do you have any good stories from when they were back at Rockland? I want to tell my Charlie Young story. Okay, cool. <sighs> Charlie Young was a hell of a tight end. He was from the Central, he is from the Central Valley, lives up in uh, Seattle now, and he went to SC. So one year, and I don't remember which year because there were so many of them, they were going to move him out for Russ Francis, who was another hell of a tight end. And Charlie was pissed. He could see the writing on the wall. And he, and so he, I said, Charlie, um, could I do a little article with you? He said, sure, Lowell. It was, you know, Iggy, it was so simple in those days. You didn't have to go to the PR guy. Charlie right. got a minute. So Charlie says, you know, Lowell, there's a stream down here. It'd be nice. It's a hot day. Why don't we go sit by the stream? I just love Charlie Young. Yeah. So we're sitting on the rocks. And while we're chatting, I happen to see a crayfish on the rocks. You know, probably in Louisiana, they'd call it a crawdad or a crawfish. And so I said to Charlie, oh, Charlie, look, there's a crayfish. He goes, no, Lowell, that's a lobster. So I said, you know, Charlie, I don't think you're right about that. Um, Lobsters, as far as I know, are saltwater animals and crayfish are freshwater animals. That's a crayfish. He goes, no, 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 that's a lobster. So we had this debate and a large part, if not all of my column on Charlie was a debate about lobster crayfish. And he was really serious, okay? Uh-huh. After the article came out, and I saw him X number of months later, he comes over. He, hey, Lowell, how you doing? I said, hi, Charlie. He goes, I know it was a crayfish. I was just messing with you. And it, Iggy, it, it was like that, okay? It was yeah. like that there. Yeah. You could go and argue about whether it was a lobster or a crayfish with this yeah. fabulous tight end. And I want you to know something about tight ends. I got something to say. I first met Charlie Young when they were training in Redwood City. They weren't in mm-hmm. Santa Clara. 
I and I lived in Palo Alto at the time, and I I went out. I stayed late because you could hang around the locker room afterward. I used to hang around in the locker room and talk to Joe, Ronnie yeah. Lott. So it was dark, and I go toward my little car, and there's Charlie Young going to his car in the same parking lot. You know, right? Can you imagine? I know. And he he says, "Hey, Lowell, I want to convert you to Christianity." <laughs> I said, "I, I said, right here." Yeah, right in the parking lot. He says, "Right here." Well, I said, "You know, I'm a Jewish right guy." So I know, yeah. I know you're a Jewish guy. I, I said, "And some, I, I don't think you have much of a chance here." He goes, "Okay," and he had his arms up. Okay, but we can get along, can't we? We can be friends, and we just had such a good time in the dark talking yeah. about all kind of things. And whenever I see Charlie now, he said, "Remember that night in the parking lot." He, this might have been like 1981, 1982. Almost got you. Almost, Almost got, got you on the, on the team. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> just love him. Um, Russ Francis, when he retired, he wrote me a handwritten note about it was so much fun to work together. Brent Jones, he and I are in touch. And you know what a delightful – you know from when you were a kid. So mm -hmm. I want to say – you could make a case that the most delightful people on a football team are the tight ends. I'm going to make one exception. Kittle may be delightful, but he tries too hard to be delightful. To be delightful, yeah. He tries to be Vernon delightful. Davis was genuinely delightful. Oh, God, I want to talk about He was about genuinely delightful. Absolutely. What a guy. I, yeah. I'm going to tell the Vernon. I, I love Vernon Davis. Yeah, me too. Oh, I love him. How do you not love Vernon Davis? Yeah. Who, how could you not love him? How could you he not was, love Vernon Davis? Yeah. So I think I've told you what I – they used to do media guides. Now it's all online. The media guide really was quite a work of art. Yeah. And I have a whole bunch of them in my office. The last section was called personal. Mm -hmm. And it would tell you what their hobbies were, where they had grown up, what their interests are, that kind of thing, and what they majored in in college. Mm -hmm. And I – the minute I got that media guide, I would go through personal and see, is there anyone here who interests me? Well, I got to Vernon Davis. I didn't know him. He was a tight end. And it said he was a, an art major at Maryland. Yeah. So I went up to him and I said, it said studio art. That's what it said. Yeah. And I said, and you know, you could always approach him, Maggie. He was the most yes. delightful person. Yes. What does studio artist mean? He said, I'm a painter. I said, oh, my God, really? I said, do you have paintings where you live now in, in San Jose? He said, I do. I said, would you come with them and put an exhibition so I could bring a photographer from the Press Democrat, get you to speak about each of these paintings, and I'll write an article. Oh, Iggy. He comes down the next day all across the back lawn, not, not by the fields, but by where they eat the back lawn. He had... Uh, you know, those, what do you call them? Things set up where you put a painting mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. um, maybe Whatever seven paintings. And he just went around everyone, told me what it was, what other painters had influenced him, what, you know, Renaissance art interested him. And I'm going to tell you, and I've told you this, I'm going maybe with him for an hour, and it was fascinating. Only two players came out to look at his art. Only two of the whole team. Patrick Willis and Frank Gore. I believe they it. came with me. Yeah, he, he did an art tour with me, my photographer.
Patrick Willis and Frank Gore. That was one of the yeah. greatest experiences I've ever had. And, and I love Vernon Davis for that. I interviewed Vernon Davis about his art when I was about 24, 25. And he didn't do the whole thing, but he showed me one that he wrote, that he made when he was younger. Um, he showed it on, on, his, on my laptop. And he had half of his face covered in shadows. I've seen And that. I asked him, and I was like, well, what's that? Like, why, why did you, what does that mean to you? Why did you do that? And he, he said, you know, I've, I've actually thought about that. And he says, I think when I was younger, I was a lot more angry. That's what he said. That was so interesting. I think when I was younger, I had a lot of anger in me. It's like, wow, you really are an artist. Yeah. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, Vernon Davis. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about Rockland. Anyway, I thought that was a cool way to end the, the section. Finesse Kid says, Kyle's system has some flaws based on his play design, and he fails to adjust them based on matchups. That's why our quarterbacks get obliterated just to just. I would have to agree. I would have to agree. <laughs> You think? <laughs> I would have to agree. Yeah. And I think it's interesting is everyone thinks he's the best offensive coach in the league, and he keeps get, his underlings keep getting hired, but all of them have the same issue with quarterbacks getting hurt too. When will this be the reputation of the Kyle Shanahan tree that, like, for all the good it does, it, it has no answer for the quarterback position? I mean, Sala went through three quarterbacks. McDaniel went through three quarterbacks. Kyle went through four. In one year, that's 10 between those guys. And now D'Amico's going to – let's see what he does in Houston with the same – principles got you finesse kid so much finesse in one kid zach carter thank you for the five dollar donation equavista grew up watching them practice in my backyard uop stockton okay. they did um they went to stockton with mariucci got it got it tony garza tommy garza says hi grant enjoy your show every day thanks for the great team quality control all year niners need to hire you say hi to your dad his he's looking great Hey, oh, Dad. You. Hi, you're looking great. Thanks. Thanks, Tommy. Todd Labor says, I have a Russ Francis 49er shirt from Fanatics. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I wish he came out with a book about himself and playing with the 49ers and Patriots. What, what a player. Tough guy. Tough I was guy. told by a coach, they, they went on strike whatever year, and I was told by a coach, that Ronnie Lott and Russ Francis got into a very heated argument and they that they almost came to blows. Mm. And the coach said to me, boy, I would have loved to see that fight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan Alloy or Alloy says, Grant, you're upset about your upset about the reporters not asking John Lynch difficult questions, dot, dot, dot. Aren't you a reporter? Aren't you supposed to ask the quote unquote tough questions? Complain or do something about it. Thank you, Ryan. Well, he wasn't there. Right. I said next next year I'm going to go. I'm going to take all I'm going to spend all that money just to go and ask two questions. I'm going to do it for you. All right, moving <laughs> on. All right, dad. So, as we mentioned earlier, John Lynch confirmed that the Niners are in the market for a quarterback, whatever that means. He wasn't asked whether that means starter or backup, but the Niners are in the market. There's a bunch of quarterbacks out there. I'm just going to name I'm just going to name names and I want you to give you I want you to give us an instant visceral reaction. I have not gone through these, this list with my dad yet. Let me get the list. All right. Marcus Mariota, he was released today. Oh, boy. If I were the Niners, I would certainly give him a look. Me too. I think this guy would be near the top of the list. Absolutely. I, uh, no matter what his history is in the league, I feel he has talent. I feel he's a real quarterback and could work well on the 49ers and maybe even could challenge the other two guys. I would like Mariota. Yeah, I think if 
I think he could run whatever offense Trey Lance runs. If that's going to yeah. be part of what the Niners do, he could do that. He beat the 49ers last year. He's the kind of quarterback that gives him problems. He's mobile. I think you have to have a quarterback with some mobility. This yeah. and, uh, He's young enough. I think he'd probably be cheap. That would be interesting. Yeah. Marcus Murray. I, I would be very interested in him. All right. Um, Carson Wentz, released yesterday. I think he's through, Iggy. I think he was... Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, I think he was very promising earlier in his yeah. career. He's had injuries. I yeah. would say uh, you don't touch him. And does if seem you like... disagree, please tell me. I, I like the idea of Carson Wentz. You know, he did play against... He played well against the Niners this year in relief. He beat him the year before. He beat him the year before. I don't follow his career, but every time I see him play in person, I'm like... Man, I think he's pretty good. I don't understand what's going on with him. If he would sign a very cheap contract, like if he was okay with a one-year contract with like $2 million in incentives, I would say give him a chance, but it does kind of seem like he's entered journeyman status and pretty soon he's going to be out of the league. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let me just say I prefer Mariota to him. I, I think I do as well. Um, okay. Baker Mayfield. No, I, I, Iggy, I, I, there's nothing I like about him. And one of the things I don't like about him, he seemed equally interested in a TV career or commercials as being a quarterback. And you know, Iggy, I don't think you can do both. I think his priorities were all screwed up. I think he can play well in stretches, but he'll, he'll kill you. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him at all. He wanted to be a crossover star, right? It's yeah, good. Good luck. And his, I didn't even like his commercials. Yeah, what, what was what were worse, his commercials or his quarterback performances? <laughs> it's a toss up. Okay, um, Teddy Bridgewater. Iggy, I don't have an opinion on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, maybe you could help me on that one. I think you can do better than Teddy Bridgewater. That's another guy who's okay and he gets hurt all the time. Okay, not super mobile either. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. That's again an Iggy question. I mean, is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? I don't even know. Uh, eh, sure. If you could get him for really cheap. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton. Oh, I can't stand to watch him play Iggy. He's so bad. Oh, God. He's Iggy. awful. I think... If if you get Andy Dalton, you've put up the white flag. <laughs> I agree. I can't. I would have I mean, to he agree. He may with be that. the nicest person in the world. God, I can't stand to watch him work. He's awful. So I'd say uh, no. He's oh, what did Bill Walsh say? He's just good enough to get you beat. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said about uh, Steve DeBerg. Okay, Maddie Ice. Under no circumstances. Uh, <laughs> I got to say this, okay. You're laughing under no circumstances. I love how much you dislike Matty, Matt Ryan. Go yeah. ahead. I want to say, Matty Ice, my tush. Um, <laughs> Iggy, the guy's a loser. Yeah. And when wasn't on good team, the guy's a loser. The guy is a sack machine. Sack me, sack me, sack me. He's so um, slow. Oh, he's so slow. He's so um, slow. And it has that pained expression when he comes off the field and he throws a pick or he got sacked of moral outrage. Like somehow yeah. the universe conspired against it. Let him down. Let yeah, him down. Yeah. yeah. No, you don't want him. 
No. Of all the ones you've mentioned, he's, for me, the worst. I would take uh, Carson Wentz over him any day of the year. I would, too. I would, too. I would. I, I don't see how you look at the quarterbacks who are in the top eight, in the, uh, the final eight in the, NF, uh, in the playoffs. They're all guys in their 30s who could move around. You want to bring in Matt Ryan at 38 years old in 2023? Are you paying attention to the league? That's now, right. I think it could happen, though, because he knows Kyle's system. But anyway, that's not what we're asking. We're asking your take. Yeah, but hold on. I love I love to talk about Kyle's system. Yeah. What do you want? The best quarterback or a schlemiel who can do your system? If you want the best quarterback, change your system a little. Don't get yeah, if Matty Ice. If the best quarterback doesn't fit your system, doesn't that mean there's something wrong with your system? Right. Your right. quarterback should be friendly to the best quarterbacks in the world. Your system should and, be. Yeah. And the thing is, um, Kyle's system is old. It's old school. It's a throwback. It's under center. It's 1990s football. If you watch college football, no one's under center in college. Or very few teams are. They're all in the shotgun. So he already is working against the grain. You know, looking for players who aren't necessarily doing the, the cutting edge stuff in college. So his scheme is very specific. And it doesn't fit all the athletes or the best ones. He's just looking for the smartest quarterback out there. It's like he should play it, the position. Maybe he thinks he could. Hey, Iggy, is he at the combine? No, he didn't go. Do coaches? Me, I didn't say he didn't go. I didn't go. He wanted he he wanted to hook up with you and have some drinks, right? Yeah, and he wanted say, to spend more time with his family. <laughs> Do coaches usually go? Yes. You don't have to though. I think a few didn't this year, and he's one of them. He didn't go last year either. Well, look. When you've got your quarterback situation settled the way he does, why and you're you, on top, why would you have to go? Yeah, why would you want to interview these other quarterbacks and all that? Yeah, yeah I agree with that. No, there's no need. And plus, he there's can get no Matty need. Ice. What is Ice? Is Matty Ice, is Matty Ice the worst nickname ever given to an athlete? Ice. And the most, in, it mean that he's inappropriate. Cool under pressure? Yeah. yeah, like he folds under pressure. Yeah. He's just a puddle. There's no Ice. He's Matty Puddle. <laughs> Matty Iggy, that's a good one. Matty Puddle. Puddle. He just melts. What are you talking about? Yeah, Matty Ice, watch him melt. I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> Cabarrojo says the Sierra College point is spot on. I went to school there. Humble campus. Coming strong out of the gate would help with early season injuries too. Yeah, I feel like the Niners are too focused on the end of the journey. They don't even know where to begin the journey. It starts in Rockland. Yeah, I love how it. Let's move back to Rockland. Baby. Philip. Now, if they did that, I'd have to like, how did you cover that? Did you... Uh, I stayed up there at a hotel. Stayed up, stayed up there. See what I'm saying? Ira Miller and I would go up there at night. Listen to this, because they have a baseball field there, Riggy. The huh? um, the the uh, writers would play softball. We had a good time. So you would spend three weeks away from home every August, and I don't remember this. No, a I week. wouldn't spend three weeks. Maybe okay, Ira would, but I oh, go for a week. Got it. Of course, softball, and sometimes we drive into. Um, Sacramento's close. Get a nice meal at Biba. 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 Philip Wilson says, uh, I like the idea of Wentz out of the NFL. Yeah. That'll happen pretty soon. He seems like he's deeply disliked, and I don't really understand why. Bring back Josh Johnson, says Philip Wilson. Yeah. You know what? I have all the respect for uh, Josh Johnson. Me too. If you can't bring in Mariota, gotta stay with Jimmy. Um, there's a certain logic to that. Um, I do think, and I could be wrong, 
you need to have Jimmy away from that team. You need to so. stop leaning on Jimmy. You need to move on. That's my I gut feeling, so. and I think that's how Kyle and John feel. I think so. Also, the guy's gotten injured three years in a row. Maybe it's time to move on, although maybe that's their fault. Dad, hmm. I think it'd be fun to go through our favorite 49ers that we've ever covered since it's kind of a low period of news, and this is a fun time to sort of sit back and take stock. Okay. So um, who are some of your favorite players you've ever ever covered? Favorite. Yeah, meaning um, we have another category, the most interesting. Right. And this would be guys we like the best. Yes. Okay. Well, I'd have to start off with Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Ronnie Funny, you Lott. start with a safety. I was going to start with a safety too. Go ahead. Okay. Ronnie Lott, um, oh God, what a player. And God, did he hit hard. Mm -hmm. um, yet, when he would sit in the locker room, and again, at the end of the day, he and I and maybe some other people would just sit and talk, and it wouldn't even be about football. He was most, I'm going to use, he was the sweetest guy. He yeah. was always um, very solicitous of me and even had an interest in what I was doing. I always feel felt better when I talked to Ronnie. It made my day. Um, I remember, you know, a lot of the Niners got traded to the L.A. Raiders. Al had this thing about getting Niners. And Ronnie was down there, and, and lunchtime, he, I wanted to interview him. And we just went around the side of a building down there. He had, he bought a brown bag lunch. Mm -hmm. He's sitting and eating his lunch, and I'm interviewing him. It was just so casual and so nice. Roger Craig, on the other hand, was on that team. He was there that day. He said, no, Lowell, call me at night. You could interview me on the phone. I thought, interview you on the phone? I was standing 10 feet away from you. So whereas I like Roger, I love Ronnie Lott. Yeah, I love... Uh Jimmy Ward, another safety. Oh, God. Another guy yes. who's known for hitting and being vicious. Um, what I love about Jimmy Ward isn't just the fact that we get along so well and that he's been on my channel. I, love, I do love that. But I do appreciate um, how he's an independent voice. He will actually tell you how he feels. There's so few people like that in football teams. Now, most players, you can hear them getting edited by the coach as they talk on the record, off the record. Jimmy Ward doesn't care. I've always loved that about him. He's a nice guy. He's a good teammate. He's professional, but at the same time, he has his own perspective on everything. I love that. Love that. There should be more Jimmy Wards. Yes, and if you want to know the truth, if I were covering this team, yeah, the first player I would want to connect with is Jimmy Ward. Yeah. I would be fascinated by Jimmy Ward. Yeah. And Iggy, I think he's fascinated by you. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay, I'll give you somebody right. else. Steve Young. Yeah. yeah. Um, Steve Young was a superstar. I mean, no two ways about it. He was a superstar. And like Stephen Curry, another superstar, he was always available, always pleasant, never had anything crummy to say, and would give you time and would do it respectfully. Respectfully. Um Again, whenever I was with Steve, it always made the day better. And yeah. I, I felt that with Ronnie, and I felt that with Steve. Whenever I could spend time with him, I learned something. I was with a, a person of character, 
and it was a pleasure to, to have that interaction. I like that one. I got one. Joe Staley. Oh. Joe Staley. I covered most of his career. I got there in 2011, and he was young. And I remember my first impression of Joe Staley was, man, this guy's a meathead. He's not that smart. and he's Because he could, would just kind of mumble in his interviews. Really, But then when you would really listen to him, you would realize, like, man, this guy has a wicked sense of humor. He's very smart, one. He's got a wicked sense of humor and is dry. So what he really was in those interviews, he was kind of like, remember Shaq? Shaq yeah. would kind of mumble too, but Shaq was a riot. And it was, he was like, you would hang on every word that he said. That was Joe Staley. And by the end, he was the senior member of the team. He was the guy who was, like you said, always there, always available, like Steve Young in the locker room. Joe Staley's a legend. I would add to that, and we've said it before, the most intelligent players on the team are the offensive linemen. Now, there are exceptions, obviously, but I think from my point of view, Iggy, if you disagree, please tell me, they're the most wise about the world. Hmm. They're the most normal. They, they, right. they have egos about the size of That's a normal true. person. That's true. And they're very observant and very articulate. And, and they're, I not, can think they're of, not celebrities. No, no. They never get talked about unless they do something bad. They're just there. And you don't see them or notice them, really. That's right. Yeah. And, and they're but, not violent. They're, they're, they're to actually uphold order. That's right. They up, they, if you think of chess, they're protecting the king, the quarterback. Yes. They're upholding order, which means, in a sense, they're conservative. They're conservatives. They're upholding the established order. And the defensive linemen, especially the edge rushers, are the chaos. renegades. And right. chaos, yes. And what's interesting, too, about offensive linemen, they're the, strong, they're the biggest people on the field. They're the strongest people on the field. But they're the one people on the field that really aren't trying to hurt you. They're just right. trying to protect you know, yeah. they could hurt you, but they're there to protect. They're there to block. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I got another one, my, one of my favorite people I've ever covered, Ahmad Brooks. I know his person. He's got some stuff in his personal life. He did some things that he probably regrets. But in terms of how he acted in the locker room, go-to guy. I will forever love Ahmad Brooks after every game, every practice, thoughtful things to say. And the fact that he had that stuff in his past, people were afraid of Ahmad Brooks. No one would talk to him. So he'd just be sitting there, totally available, like, hey, Amon, can you, like, break down this game? Yup, got you. Thank you. That was smart. Loved Amon Brooks. Okay. Uh, we have two lists. I had him on my most interesting list. Well, But I'll yeah. move him over to my favorite list because, first of he all— He was always Iggy, nice to us. He was always—and whenever he—Iggy and I would be together, and he would see us and get a twinkle in his eye, and it's kind of yeah. like this. Come on over here, right? Come on yep. over. Yeah. And— Iggy, we had so much fun with him. And everybody else hung back because they thought yeah. he, he was like Mike Tyson. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was toxic or something. It's like, man, you guys yeah. are missing out. You guys are yeah. missing out big time. So, yeah. Those uh, are some uh, good ones. I got another one that probably young people who follow you don't know. But on okay. on the Super Bowl teams, the left tackle was Keith Von Horst oh. from Minnesota. And I would have to say... Keith Finehorse might be the nicest person I ever met in my life. Mm. You've spoken to him, Miggy. He's gone now. Yeah. But, uh, God, I, I used to... I, and again, he wasn't famous, but he was essential. And sometimes in the locker room, we'd just sit and talk about what's Minneapolis like or, you know, things. He was just a... And after a game, I would go to him and Randy Cross, and they would have the most penetrating things to say, even if it were was a loss. They were honest. They weren't ducking you. And yeah. they, I think, felt privileged to answer those questions. So okay, I, another I really one, loved 
Okay, sorry. Uh, one more. And this is, a, I, I don't love this guy because he gave the best answers or he was helping me do my job. But Patrick Willis was one of the nicest uh, athletes I've ever met. Patrick yes. Willis. And I got the, 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 the honor to sit next to him during the Dallas Cowboys cow, um, postseason game. Sat next to him in the press box. We discussed the entire game together. He's so down to earth and humble. Now, even after, he's about to be a Hall of Famer eventually. Always was that way. Didn't he call you sir when he, used you, when to he was a player? Sir. And I used I mean, to say, you don't have to so call nice. me sir. Yeah. Yeah, but he would always do that. Yeah. One of the I'll just add, add two more. Who also, really one of the most violent players I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, but he was nice and violent. Like Ronnie like Lott. Like Ronnie Lott. This, yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. two personalities, Iggy. It's amazing. Right? Like, How do you hit like that and talk like that? It's crazy. How do you I have know. this split personality? Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I would add two more that I love to be around. Brent Jones, another oh, yeah. tight end. What a great guy. A mensch. And Dwight Clark. Mm, absolutely. Legend. Dwight Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I knew Brent. I did meet Brent Jones when I was seven. He signed my hat. He signed my hat. Yeah. He signed my hat. And he That's had to win. ask you. You didn't ask him. He asked you, <laughs> Iggy, can I sign your hat? Right? That's true. Because I was there to meet. Steve, Steve gave me an autograph and he was like, well, do you want Jerry Rice's autograph too? I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. yeah. <laughs> so he's running around trying to find Jerry Rice and then Brent Jones comes over and he's like, whoa, what? Wait, you don't want me? Yeah, I can't sign the hat. What, am I not famous enough? I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that happened. That happened. I always listen to, I love listening to Brent Jones on the radio too. He's so enthusiastic. He's just like Steve. He like still feels like the Niners are his family and he wants to give advice to help the team as opposed to Joe Montana where I don't know where he's coming from where he talks about the Niners half the time. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I want to okay. say one other, one other thing about Steve and Brent Jones. They liked the media. Yes. They enjoyed, they understood what we do. Yes. They enjoyed it and they liked to participate. Yes. As opposed to a nudnik that we're going to get to in a minute who uh, was awful with the media. But for whatever it was worth, those two guys, and I'd say Ronnie too, really loved yeah. to be with the media. Now that you put it that way, I got another person to add to this list. John Lynch. Now, he didn't okay. get pressed today, but he, John Lynch has been very good to me on many yes. occasions. I very, I very much like John Lynch, even though I he's a player. It. I knew him as a college player, and I thought he was terrific. I yeah. enjoyed spending time with him. I admire... Um, he, he never gets angry at a question. No. Never. He's got tremendous poise and a good nature. I got one more. He started off as interesting and then finished off as favorite. I love Jim Harbaugh. Not because he loves me, but because of how much he loves and respects you. And that developed over about three or four years. But I saw him a few months ago, and he gets this look like, how's your dad? How is your dad? Would you tell him I say hello? Would you tell him? It's like, man, I love that guy, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, we came to really have a... What we learned about Jim, Iggy and I really asked him the most difficult questions. Iggy yeah. would actually ask real football questions because he right. knew stuff. And not only didn't he mind, he hoped we would because yeah. he's very competitive right. and he wanted there to be drama and fireworks in the room. Right, head to head, head to head competition. Iggy, could you tell him the time you asked about the looky? Oh yeah, it was after a game when Vernon Davis had zero catches. Vernon Davis was the freaking man, zero catches. And from my perspective, that's on the coach. Like you can't let your best player get taken out of a game. So instead of saying the next day, "Hey, 
Kyle, I mean, hey, uh, Jim, how come you couldn't get the ball to your tight end? Which is Which a question. Piss any, him off. Yeah. It would piss him off, and it's a it's a question any reporter could ask. I tried to speak his language, and I was saying, you know, Jim, you know, since you, your days going back to San Diego and Stanford, you have specialized in getting the ball to tight ends, whether it's on, you know, why stick plays or why stick looky plays. Or it's like, why didn't you call those concepts in this game for Vernon Davis, who had zero catches? And he's like, I did call why stick. Didn't call the looky, but I did call Y stick, and I'm glad that, hey, good question. At least we're talking the same language now. Ever since I did that, we got along. Ever since I did that. He was like, and I went back, he did call the stick. He called the stick. Uh, I think Alex Smith didn't throw it. He was open. Called it one time. So I got it. Ever since then, it's like, at least this, I think from his perspective, so many reporters try to take shots at coaches without knowing a damn thing about the game. At least this one reporter did some homework. And he said, I did call the stick. You know, Iggy, it's like a golfer. They know every shot they take. He knew yes. every call he made, right? Yes, he does. Of course. Of course. And Absolutely. he loved you for for asking the question. And there was a time when Iggy was, it could still be, was not popular in, in that locker room. And one day, Jim hung around in the lunch hour, walked around and put his arm around Iggy's shoulder. Iggy was in your 20s, Iggy. Yeah. And uh, letting... 25. Uh, letting... Everybody on that team know this guy's okay by me. So strange. It was right after they lost to the Colts. They were two and zero. They beat. They started the season two and zero. They were going to play Andrew Luck at home. It was right after Alden Smith cracked his car up and played in the game. It was a very controversial week. Everyone picked the Niners to beat the Colts. They lost. I predicted they would lose, and we gave Kai, uh, Jim a lot of grief for playing Alden Smith in that game, and we were right. And that was the first time that Jim ever walked up to me, said my name, talked to me alone. We, we, we'd interacted in group press conferences, but he walked up to me in, that Monday. What was it? What was that Wednesday? The, that Wednesday, the first Wednesday back in the press, in the locker room, and just walked up to me like we'd been talking one-on-one forever. Hey, Grant, how you doing? I'm okay. Hey, Jim, how's it going? Yeah, yeah what's going on, man? It's like, <laughs> I don't know. We Do we talk? I, I don't know. But that was, ever since then, we were cool. Amazing. And you admired that. I did. I did. I, I mean, I've never well. exactly had that interaction with Kyle yet. Maybe, maybe next year. And in, in, in that, let's go right to it. The most interesting 49ers we have covered. Okay. I'm going to do this. Um, interesting doesn't mean nicest or ones mm. I liked. Right. It just means interesting. Colin Kaepernick, I don't like him. I'm not sure that he's a nice person. And I think he had a very bad influence on the team. Uh, Change... Uh, changing the focus from football to social injustice. I'm not saying social injustice is unimportant, but this was a football team. It was not a political party. And yet, what he did on that team, the outsized influence he had, how I believe he brought the team down, how he certainly brought down Chip Kelly and dominated him, took away the locker room from him, it's one of the most unusual circumstances in sports I ever was um, encountered in 37 years of being a columnist. So I would say for all the wrong reasons, Kaepernick was absolutely fascinating. He was interesting to me in different ways. Like to me, you could say, you could argue that his cause is 100% noble and that his impact on the world has been positive um, as a humanitarian and philanthropist. 
Uh, but all, but I, we knew him before then. We covered him before he had this uh, growth or awakening and decided what was really important to him. We covered him when he was a quarterback and he was young and he was a celebrity. And he was not nice. He was not nice to not just us, but just like random people, you know, uh, cameramen, just random oh. everyday people. He was not nice. So it, I think that's kind of interesting. A lot of times the most philanthropic people in the world are the mean, not the meanest, but the, I wouldn't say he was necessarily, maybe he was at times. He was kind of mean, can be mean. It's kind of strange. Kind well, of strange. Uh, uh, certain kinds of people love mankind in general, but don't like people. That's what I would say. Yeah. And the other thing that was interesting about him was his press conferences. He was so combative. And what he would like to do is say nothing. Respond in the fewest words possible. So you and him had some very, very interesting interactions in press conferences where I think when he was going down, he threw an interception on the first play against the Raiders in the Oakland Coliseum. If you remember that game, he threw a pick on the first play, lost to the Raiders. After the game, you said, Colin, what happened on that first play where you, uh, and he said, yeah, I threw an interception. He said, yeah, we saw that. Oh man, that was run on uh, Sports Center over and over. Yeah, we saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were some very interesting moments with Colin Kaepernick at press conferences because of how um, standoffish he was. Yeah, I remember you know? uh, Eric Branch, God love him, once count. counted the number of words in a post-game press conference, the number of words in the questions, and the number of words in Colin's answers, and the questions had more words than his answers. I yeah. think he maybe even published it, Iggy. Oh, he did uh, all the time. He did, and I have to give kudos to yeah. Eric Branch. It's a scream, and it showed yeah. what a jerk. What a jerk. Uh, I don't know Kaepernick. why he was such a jerk. Man. I don't. And then you look at a guy like Trey Lance, not a jerk. Brock Purdy, not a jerk. Jimmy Garoppolo, not a jerk. Like, Alex Smith, not a jerk. Why did you have to be a jerk? Because it's clearly, there's a good person there. You do good things. Uh, you've now rededicated your life to really helping people who need help. Great. Why were you mean to that one cameraman that one time who was just doing his job? You know what I mean? I, I don't understand that. But he was a kid. People grow up. I don't understand. But, you know, here's what I want to say. Yeah. He was so crummy to the media, me included. I don't like him. Now, yeah. if we were to meet under other circumstances and he were to be a nice person, a grown-up, I would be open-minded. But yeah. my feeling about him now is I don't ever want to see his face. Mm, I don't think I will. Other people were interesting. Well, Kyle Shanahan, to me, is the, it might be the most interesting person I've ever covered. And I feel like the, re, the, the relationship we have is almost like Howard Cosell and uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, it's, it, I like to be the, although he's not a champion like Ali, but I like to be the no to Kyle Shanahan's yes. It's kind of fun. Well, if you're going to bring in coaches, I would have to say Bill Walsh. Quite Bill interesting. Walsh I didn't cover is, is the most talented coach yeah. or manager from any team in the Bay Area, any sport that I've ever covered, the most brilliant, the most intriguing personality, and although Bill and I sometimes didn't get along, I would use the word, it was an honor to cover him. Yeah. And you know what, Iggy? It was an honor to cover his life and his death. Um, he allowed me and Ira Miller inside and to, and to cover his death. He uh, died with the dignity that I hope I have someday, and he was very honest, affectionate uh, a a around that whole event. But I just want to point out 
Bill Walsh never lost the Super Bowl, and he never lost a bowl game in college. Never. He mm-hmm. was, uh, uh, his batting average was a thousand. Um, he is by far the most interesting, and I would have to say I would put him maybe on my on my list of favorite people too. Again, in many ways he was not nice, but um, he allowed me so far in that uh, I deeply appreciate that. And I guess my Bill Walsh would be Robert Sala. I mean, Robert Sala reached out to me when I first started doing periscopes. Um, 2018, he came up to me on a, at, a, at a training camp and said, Grant, I really, I watch your, your periscopes every day after practice. They're really good, really good. But sometimes you don't know what you're talking about. If you want to know what's going on, why don't you give me a call? Just call me up. It was so nice. And I was like, is this guy serious? <laughs> like he was, he was, uh, he changed my career, changed my life, called me after my mom passed away. Um, most interesting and, and my favorite, one of my favorites, Robert Sala. I've never met him and he's one of my favorites. Yeah, I'll tell absolutely. you somebody else who is interesting to cover. Again, offensive lineman, Bubba Paris. Mm. Bubba Paris is very bright, and he's a bit, I'm going to say, and I'm going to use this as praise, he's a bit of a bullshitter, but you know, he knows that he's doing it, and he knows you know you're doing it, and you're getting a giggle out of it. Yeah. And I always had fun with Bubba. I think he's the sweetest guy Again, whenever I would talk to him, he would make me laugh and I would make him laugh. And I, I was, it was an honor. To, he was eccentric. He used to drive Bill Walsh crazy because he never could make the weight that Bill wanted him to make. And now probably he'd be small for the position, Iggy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'd have to say, when I think about Niners, I think about Bubba very fondly. Uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, me, me and him got in it, got into it. And he didn't stay in the league that long. I mean, he essentially, he was one of the best right tackles in the league. He got paid and then pretty much quit, uh, which is interesting. And he didn't like, I don't think he liked doing the media. There was a lot of things in life I don't think he really liked. Me and him got into it. But ever since, ever, we, we got over it. We, we made up and we always would smile at each other. And it seems like a guy who didn't necessarily enjoy the process in the life, me and him had this moment and we got along. So I always liked, I always thought he was very interesting. I'm not saying he's my favorite. But Anthony Davis was one of the most interesting players I ever met. And very intelligent. Very intelligent. Yes, absolutely. And got out of you it. Know, Didn't want to get a bunch of concussions. He was interesting. And you know, Iggy, we've talked again. Sometimes when you have conflict with athletes, it leads to um, f- not friendship. You're not friends. But it leads to understanding and uh, uh, acceptance. Uh, Will Clark and I, when he was with the Giants, we, we um, at first didn't get along at all. But now, I mean, when we see each other, we give each other a hug, and it's this great respect for having worked together all those years ago. Iggy, can I tell what really happened with Anthony Davis, or would you like me to skip over that? Sure, yeah, you can tell it. You had written, because you were writing for the PD, that he screeched like a girl? No, I didn't say that. I said, touchdown, he squealed. That's it. Touchdown. He squealed. He did have a bit of a high-pitched voice, kind of like Mike Tyson. So I said, touchdown, he squealed. But that was it. Okay, what happened then? Someone complained that you wrote that? Oh, within three, I posted it within three hours. He was on Twitter being like, this is unprofessional. How, did they, how does this guy get a credential? And then he did a, a hashtag stop cone. 
it went viral. It was trending for three days and he wouldn't stop. He was tweeting at me for three days. And I think finally, like three or four days later, we decided to respond. Okay. And it was my idea and I got Iggy <laughs> in trouble. Iggy, wasn't the PR guy pissed at you too? The head PR guy? Yes. For the Niners? I think what happened was I walked up to Anthony Davis during practice to try to squash it and be like, Anthony, man, we're not, you're not mad at me. Like there's nothing happened. And we talked about it. We didn't squash it really. And I think I broke. You're not supposed to talk to players during practice. And I think the team wanted to use that against me as like a, a way to get me out. But here, but then here's what happened. I said to Iggy, he's writing so much about you. He can't stop writing. Why don't we establish a Anthony Davis literary prize, writing, writing, a writing prize, right? Yeah. And yeah. then we uh, we start. You you did that, and then the 49ers and th- pulled your credential. Well, what they said, what, what we said was, uh, Anthony Davis objects to the word squealed. So why don't you rewrite the sentence and put in a different word and explain why it should be better? That and was the writing they, contest. They yeah. pulled the credential for that. And yeah. the PR guy, who I will not name, but I do not like, and he's Not there one, anymore. I, not there I anymore. Will not, I will not like. Pulled yeah. his credential for no goddamn reason that I could right. understand. Because yeah. all it was was satire and a joke, and journalists yeah. are allowed to do that, especially since it had been Anthony who had been on the um, offensive. So right. my paper, the managing ed- editor, Bob Swafford, was pissed because yeah. now they had pulled the PD off the Niners. He called the league, explained yeah. what happened. The league told the Niners, give him his goddamn credential and shut up. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Good story. Uh, another person that's extremely interesting, I got to say this, and, I'm, and I mean it, Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw is one of the most interesting people I've ever met. And I want to rem- remind people, me and him and John Lynch had a half-hour sit-down uh, discussion that's private. But it was one of the most interesting experiences of my life. So, Javon Kinlaw, wish him all the best. Okay. I'm going to end mine with Joe Montana. Okay. Joe and I have never been close. In fact, whenever I see Joe, he doesn't even use my name. Hi. So, I mean, I think there's probably some old business that from 40 years ago that he hasn't gotten over. But, wow. I mean, I, I have never in my life seen a quarterback, except maybe Patrick Mahomes, in other ways, do what Joe did. And what was interesting was Joe may have been the most fascinating athlete I ever watched. But as a person, he was kind of normal. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? He didn't act like the great quarterback. He didn't even ask you to treat him that way. He, he again, had two personalities. The most exciting quarterback I ever covered and this rather normal person. And I always found that combination fascinating to cover. Yeah, uh, so a, a few months ago, that, that day that Jim Harbaugh was at the Niners, we thought they were going to bring him down for an interview. Harbaugh. Bring who down? Harbaugh. So we're down before the game in the, auditor- in the audio- uh, auditorium where they have the post-game press conferences. In walks Joe Montana, and we're not prepared for him. So he sits down, and we're all kind of trying to fumble in and trying to think of things to ask him. And So he's doing his interview, sitting there, and then Harbaugh walks in like five minutes later. He's standing there politely waiting for the greatest quarterback of all time to finish. But, I mean, with Harbaugh and Montana in the same room, and there's no question who had more presence. I mean, Harbaugh's like 6'4", and he looks like he's 7 feet tall, and Joe Montana's just like receding into the wallpaper. 
he's just, there's no press. It was amazing. It's like, wow. The greatest quarterback of all time. And everyone's like, as you wrap it up, Joe, we kind of want to talk to Jim now. It was amazing. No kidding. Th yeah, that's okay, what it Joe, felt like. That's great. That's what it felt like. It's like, wow. Wow. That's Joe Montana. And it's like, all right, that's enough. That's enough, Joe. Thank you. Whoa. That's so yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other interesting players that we covered. Those are some good ones. Oh, Trent Balky was fascinating. Trent Balky's one of the most interesting people I've ever, and he's doing a pretty good job with Jacksonville, but man, the way he would line up the uh, recorders on his desk, yep. that was a little, so, you know, he would do a press conference and the, the way it worked 10 years ago is everyone had a little recorder and they would just throw them on someone's desk to get the audio. He would and line he them would up. And he would be sitting at the head of a room on a podium behind the desk. Yeah, he'd be lined up. It's like, wow, that is unnecessary. Um, and then how, how arrogant he was early on and then when things were going bad all of a sudden he was your, he was talking to you come up to you how you doing grant how you doing lowell's like you, he really? was your best friend you want to talk to me yeah because wow. he wanted media support it's like uh -huh. he was now throwing you a curveball and you could see him gripping the seams it's like it's a little <laughs> too late for that trent little i don't too know late, buddy, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think so but he was he was actually kind of he was so funny he was like just a scout in my just a scout one time he took us out the media to Michael Mina, which is around the corner from the media room. And he paid for us to get burgers at the place. And I was sitting next to him and I told him, you know, I ran track in, in uh, high school. I actually ran a 40 time one time. I, I said, I ran a four five. And he goes, four five what? So he really wanted to know what my 40 time was. <laughs> four five what? <laughs> so, hey, can we tell the story about him and Colin Kaepernick in St. Louis? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can Go you ahead. do it? You yeah, to, I mean, this you, was, I think, 2013. They were on the way to going back to the NFC Championship. They were on the way to maybe the Super Bowl. No, it might have been the season after the Super Bowl. I think it was the season after the Super Bowl. They're in St. Louis. It's a second down. Colin Kaepernick has the ball, doesn't throw, scrambles for like four or five yards. During the play, Trent Balky, who's sitting behind me, I didn't even know it, stands up, slams his fists on the table mid-play and says, throw the damn ball! Right. And as, as loud as he could in front of all the reporters. Right. Now, it was like, so you want us to write this? Okay, so we're all going to write this. Throw the damn, it was amazing. Couldn't believe yeah. it. Never seen anything. And like it. it told you what he thought of Kaepernick as a quarterback. It, it just true. wasn't that one play. Obviously, he thought he can't, he's not decisive. He's not doing his reads. He's not throwing, the, he's just running around. And remember, Iggy, they went near their own goal line. It's true, that's right. Now, um, I don't think he could do any better. That was, I think that was Jim's guy. And Trent tried to bring in alternatives. You bring in Blaine Gabbert. He brought in Christian Ponder. Okay. But uh, yeah, he was not clearly not a fan of Colin Kaepernick, especially in like 2013. And that means he wasn't a fan of Harbaugh. Oh, we know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's, that was a clear indication right there. Like, do you, can you imagine what Harbaugh would have done if he'd known? I mean, if Harbaugh was in the room, he might have punched Trent Balky. That's right. He might have he punched, punched him in the face. Yeah. Anyway, that was very interesting. Trey's in Terrasant. Chris Grove <laughs> says, I'm mad at you. I'm looking forward to my wife's breakfast sandwiches for dinner. On my way home from work, I'm watching you eat this amazing burrito. My didn't even didn't even compare. Love you both. So, thanks, Chris. Sorry, Chris. Hope you guys all go check out Migriense. It's a great place. V.O. Walker says, you and your dad are a gem for us, Niner fans. Blessings to the both of you, and thank you. Thank, thank you, V.O. Appreciate it. Stephen Pryor says, how do you have a lot of respect for JJ 
yet none for Ryan. Number seven all-time in yards, number nine in touchdowns. Did you see something with JJ last year that trumps that? Ryan would be a great vet third string. I don't think we meant it that way. I don't think we're saying we have a lot of respect for JJ so the Niners should sign him. I think we're saying we have a lot of respect for JJ and he can retire. Uh, and, and so I can Matt add, Ryan. I would add, uh, it's true that Matt Ryan has good numbers, but he's not a good quarterback now. Not a good quarterback now. In fact, he was awful last year. Chris Telerico says, why would Jimmy want to come back? It's hilarious that he's finally the best option they have for a plug-and-play quarterback right now, and I can't imagine a world where Yee, Don Yee lets him come back here. Well, he'll just go agree. to whatever. I mean, he'll just go to whatever team pays him the most. It's not going to be the Niners. I wonder how much he ends up getting. Kind of curious. Uh, Lowell and Grant, what goes through your mind every time Cass, Cap kissed his biceps? I wanted to puke. Yeah, that's another thing about Kaepernick that was so fascinating to me. Um, he was the most narcissistic person I've ever met. Now, you covered Barry Bonds, who is on, on that level. But, man, the most narcissistic person who was generally mean to people around him became, like, the most famous philanthropist of my generation. It's just amazing. It's just amazing to me. Wow. Gizmo Maltese says, but Kaepernick did get voted by his teammates for the Lynn Eshmont Award, so he was admired by a lot of his teammates. Also a good record uh, off the field. It's true. He never got in trouble off the field, and a lot of a lot of his teammates did admire him, which made him even more interesting. Kinlaw was a bust, worse than Solomon Thomas. Looking that way, Obi Wan says, "Do you think the media went after Cap as hard as they did because of their relationship with him prior to the protest kneeling?" No, I think it was only a very few. It was very few of us that knew that sign of Kaepernick, and I think even a lot of people that experienced it gave him the benefit of the doubt in the Bay Area. I'm telling you, I think a lot of people just didn't like what he stood for. What he did. Okay, but I, I want to be honest about this. I th um, thought he had every right to espouse whatever positions he wanted. I do. I, I just don't think he had a right to do it in the 49ers locker room. Yeah. Uh, I don't. And I can tell you, and I've said it before, before at the beginning of every training camp, Bill Walsh would gather the, the Niners together and say, we're a football outfit. In our locker room, we don't discuss politics and religion. If you start doing this, I'll ship your ass off to Buffalo. It's 53 players. It's hard to get them all pushing the same direction behind one cause. There's nothing more divisive than, you know, anything that's not football. Any type of social issue is extremely divisive. Understanding it trumps football, that's why it's tough to bring in the locker room because all of a sudden, football's secondary. And then right. you're 2-14. and 14. So... I'm not saying it's Kaepernick's fault they were 2-4. That team sucked anyway, but it's a culture. The first thing Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch did was they didn't bring him back. Maybe no, they, they should have. Maybe he was better than Brian, Brian Hoyer, but they were trying to change the culture as making it a football first team. And for the last six years, it has been. Yeah, to it their really credit. Is. To their credit. Uh, Cap kissed his tats because of the hate of them. That's true. He was always very um, self-aware in that sense he got a lot of blowback for that now a lot of quarterbacks have tattoos that wasn't the issue with Kaepernick tattoos were a footnote on who he was as a person anyway that's enough good show dad this was a lot of fun Iggy thank you it was a lot of fun thank you very much everyone for watching dad I love you I love you Iggy I'll, I'll talk to you in a few minutes talk to you in a few minutes